y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC live stream, the podcast. This show broadcasts out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC and Carla de Puerto Rico. And on this show, we talk about art, creativity, city life from a Latino perspective. I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 72. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean and Spotify, and on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I just want to announce that I'll be at the Patches and Pins Expo next Saturday, April 20th. So go to patchesandpinsexpo.com and find out more information about it. I'll be selling stickers and pins and posters and all kinds of cool stuff. And also a shout out to my first vocal coach in New York. Her name is Leandra Magner. So go check her out on her Instagram, Leandra Magner. Let's get on with the show. That's how you start a show, Carla. That is how you start a show. <laughs> We were gone for some time, huh? Yeah, huh? <laughs> catching up in life. <laughs> yeah, huh? Um, catching up in work. We're oh. catching up in the new collection of stickers. Yeah, I, I um, wish catching up on sleep is I wish. Yeah, I know. Me I too. wish we were catching up on sleep. Me too. Um, but, but yeah, now catching we've been up busy. on creative projects, which is good. Yeah, I can't even say catching up. I could say creating creative projects. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, we're back. We took a little break. Uh, you know, took took a couple of weeks here to kind of get some projects going, mm -hmm. um, preparing for this next uh, Patches and Pins Expo. Yeah. I've been making some stickers. I'm launching my second series of stickers. It's going to be a six-pack this time. And they're really cool. Really cool stickers, graffiti Very stickers. Um, and uh, just making sure that I can get them done in time for the show next week. And then also messing around with some music. We were taking, um, taking some breaks to kind of like... Experiment. Go, yeah, experiment with the equipment. Um, I, I've spoken before on the podcast. If you guys want to go back, way back, a couple episodes. Um, I, I had a couple episodes where I spoke about music, but in one in particular, we, we talked about the Roland SP404A. It's a, like a sampling machine that I bought that is like a lot of fun. It's a lot of, uh, it's very useful. Mm -hmm. You know, you can use it as a drum machine. You can use it as a sampler. But recently I bought, uh, now a couple of months now, but I, I bought a, a drum machine called the Drumroot Impact. And I bought a keyboard called the Roland JDXI. These two new toys are really, 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 like they've really opened up a different way of approaching making electronic music for me. Mm -hmm. um, I've really been enjoying it. And I think this goes into the topic of today's art talk, which yeah. is going to be... Um, I feel like the topic is, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to title it, title it but I want to say it's about connectivity, connecting in the digital age of art, connecting with a tactile feel, with a hands-on kind of approach, connecting to your art, mm -hmm. and that uh, the importance of that. Um, I, I realized that when I, when I got these machines, um, you know, I, I kind of, I've been making music for years now um mm -hmm. making drum beats and and sampling stuff and kind of looping things and playing guitar and kind of looping that kind of stuff and always in the computer you know in the garage band and uh the, before that i had cubase and 
I I realized at a certain point in in my time involved in that that I was getting kind of exhausted. I, there was like an exhaustion of like I'm sitting at a computer all day, let's say at my day job or my day gigs or doing my freelance work and I'm and I'm sitting at the computer doing digital visual art yeah. and then I'll sit down for fun and do digital audio art and <laughs> and I and I felt like I'm just a slave to the computer. To the I'm computer. just constantly on the computer and yeah. I, you know and then or else then I'm I'm editing videos. What where am I editing on the same damn machine? I'm editing them on the you know on a computer. And I just started realizing like the, the exhaustion was kind of taking the energy out of, especially with the music, taking the energy out of the music. Yeah, uh, I'm a strong enough visual artist that I can I can crunch all day, just crack down on some really good, you know, di- graphic design work, illustration work in the computer. You know, when I illustrate, I do it all in the computer. I don't even I don't even bother sketching anymore. I just go straight into Illustrator and just start drawing things. Um, I don't I don't. I made the complete transition. I'm completely digital, you know, on my day job. Um, I did that years ago. Um, and and I'm fine with that. And I can come home and still sketch or draw or do whatever. And it, it, it doesn't phase me at all. I still feel the need to want to draw by hand and draw with watercolors and pencils. But I'm, I'm not phased by it. But the music, the music, I haven't reached that because I don't have that let's say music day gig Mm -hmm. you know that that kind of pushes me further um i don't have that that time to explore that Mm -hmm. and i realized that i was getting exhausted like i was kind of losing interest in the music i was like well you know i enjoyed then i started you know experimenting with you on the covers on cover music i started getting back into the guitar learning more chords getting more into that and i realized how important it was to to get back into like actually plucking strings and 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 learning about what am i really doing with my hands on the guitar and all that right and um exploring it further and that made me realize well what about this keyboards like i'm seeing I, I started going online i started researching what people are doing with keyboards nowadays and i came across like a crowd of people that are, are really into like synthesizers and like these new smaller synthesizers there's like a real fan base for these machines and people that are really using them to get away from the computers because mm-hmm. people like like newer generations are realizing like okay you can do a lot on the computer but what are you doing to kind of improvise and, and perform live you right. know how do you how do you take the synthesizer music and and do something in front of people to kind of share with people right yeah and more with music that is is i think it's an art that is meant to be shared exactly. and that is meant to to be played in conjunction let's say in a group exactly or with more people yeah um, because that's how music happened right you, i mean you can have music with just one guitar but it sounds uh, it has more energy when you have a guitar and a keyboard and a singer and 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 you're playing off each other and i yeah. think that's something also that is lost when you're uh let's talk specifically about music right now but when you're making music mm-hmm. in the computer you know you the world is at your fingertips you could do so much mm-hmm. but at the same time you're so isolated and you you don't have anybody to f- bounce back ideas with and what you end up doing is you end up falling into a mechanical cycle where you're you're doing things and then you're kind of like just working with yourself and bouncing back against yourself yeah when you can actually get a keyboard or a drum machine and, and do something live with somebody and and do a little imp- improvising and do a little playing around and 
that opens up experimentation and then next thing you know you're sitting down on the, on the synthesizer and you're like actually experimenting you're you're trying a, a different way of playing something or or if you're if you're improvising or you're playing with somebody live whether it's uh you know whatever it might be, a new rhythm or a new tempo or something mm -hmm. different, a diff different instrument on the keyboard, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's a little bit of a struggle because you're fighting the physical timing of you playing it live, you know, suddenly you, a happy accident might happen and you right. realize like, well, you know, there's a little shortcut, you know, when I, when I hit the keyboard like this, it kind of sounds better than when I hit it like that. And those little things create actually more energy in your music. Right. Um, right. But those challenges only happen if you do it if you're really doing it live or at least for other people to actually hear it and i think that's where i started realizing like yo you know what there really is something to this like you really do you can make you know let's say like myself i'm just i'm just really a music producer i don't not really a performer mm -hmm. but even if i just have a little bit of performance element to what i'm doing it actually helps a lot mm -hmm. and i realized that i was like wow that's really important and I, that's why i made the investment on, those, on that keyboard and that that drum machine and and why i've spent the time these weeks you know kind of like experimenting more with it and trying to just create little projects for myself with it that aren't necessarily they're not necessarily going to end up in final music for some of them mm -hmm. but they are really good experiments that i can say I, i'm learning from yeah um but then it got me thinking about that it really got me you know i was really like in a new place i was really thinking i was like you can call it a breakthrough i was like yo like this is a real thing like are people out there are they missing that connectivity mm -hmm. to uh, to art let's say to the idea of somebody performing in front of them mm -hmm. but also visual art because mm -hmm. i have heard other artists friends of mine express exhaustion at digital art yeah i've i've heard it i've, I've listened to people say it. i mean that's one of the reasons why I've, for my visual art you know, I, I, like I said, I do watercolor, I do pencils, I do black book stuff, but I also do spray paint. I also do ca mm -hmm. canvas work. I, you know, I take on those other things because I know that that helps me. I'm doing it unconsciously. I just know the feeling and I know that I feel like I have to go and paint on a wall and I feel like I have to do that. But in music, I didn't really have that language. Right. And it finally hit me. I was like, yeah, of course. Like, there has to be a, a physical... I need to maintain a physical connection with making the thing. How do I do it if I'm just doing it in a computer two bars at a time or a loop at a time and I'm not allowing myself to play an entire piece of something? Right. Mm -hmm. with, with, the, with the accidents, with the mistakes, mm -hmm. you know, but just letting it happen. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to actually push yourself to do something live and have some sort of thing like that. Now, I'm not the kind of keyboardist. I'm not going to sit down and play an entire composed song right, right. with chords and all that so right. i think that the positive thing about this research that i did to buy this roland is that it allows you the roland this keyboard allows you to uh kind of like record your own loops four bars at a time mm -hmm. and it allows you to record four different uh three different synthesizer tracks and one drum track mm -hmm. that allowed me to kind of have a little bit of both it, it allows me to have a little bit of that computer programming kind of feel but then at the same time, do it live and switch between tracks live. And that kind of allowed me to realize both, a little bit of both, a little bit of the programming that I'm used to. And then on top of that, a little bit of live element. And then, you know, the curiosity of well, what can I do live with 
some of these loops once I've already recorded them. Um, and then the drum machine, the, the impact is amazing yeah, for, as a live. the drum machine is, is great for yeah. live performance because yeah, you yeah. can do almost um, like, like you're a DJ. Exactly. You know, like do a little drum effects. Effects to your drum that really makes a difference. It's called a drum roll. Ah, the drum roll. Okay, so that's it. allows you, it allows you, no, the drum root impact that it gives you, it gives you a couple of different things. It allows you to, first of all, record in live, in a live setting. So you could record just tapping but you could also record by step sequencing which anybody out there that knows how to mess around with uh, step sequencing don't know what that means you know you're doing it uh, in 16 pieces you know and it's all quantized but also it allows you to do live drum rolls it has some buttons and stuff that lets it to let uh, the whatever you recorded do random uh, fills so it'll 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 alter your your preset drum beat so that the timing's a little different every bar, and that gives it a nice live feel. It also has an, a mute and a solo thing where you can mute certain parts of the drum, bit, drum beat and then solo certain instruments, add, you know, add a little randomness to only one specific instrument or another one. So all this kind of play uh, just opened it up. I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's, it's almost like a drum kit, like being a drummer, but at the same time, it's still just a drum machine. Mm -hmm. And then, so between these two instruments, I think I've been really exploring that element of, of uh, electronic music with a live element, a somewhat live element. And, um, and I think it's been really useful. And I think it's been useful for me as an artist, not so much specifically musician, but as an artist to realize, holy shit, let's talk about connectivity to in, in a digital age. Like, is it important? How are we consuming art nowadays and i think this i i don't want to sound like an old man but i think i am an old man but i i think that you know newer generations are kind of losing that interest in seeing like that can that kind of having that connectivity they, they they don't know the difference or they don't mind the difference between flicking through instagram and finding art and they're not even aware of how their art was made they just know the art is there and like that's that's where you know i feel like If you don't appreciate the process of making the art, mm -hmm. then how are you going to appreciate it? Or how's it going to touch you? How's it going to connect to you? Right. Right. I think, um, you know, people that look at art or consume art now online, because that's predominantly what they're doing, mm -hmm. they're kind of desensitized to like the process of making the art. They don't know. They don't even know. They just know that it's made. And some people might know like, well, it's made in the computer. And, and some people might think that way. And some people might say, well, what, what might be the software that they used? Right. You know, they might think about it like, was it done on a tablet? Yeah, it becomes like kind of pop art. Something that you see, it appears, um, you appreciate it, but then it goes away. Yeah. And, and your and, life keeps going. And it's so, it's so instantaneous. In yeah. That, you know, it's like you, exactly. that, that they look at it for two seconds and that's the, the length of it. Like, I don't think, you know, it's small and it's, and it's on your phone. So nobody's looking at the details. Exactly. Nobody's really analyzing, like looking up close to like look at well, what what's the surface like. Nobody's looking at it like you would real art in, in person, you know. Mm -hmm. And and the fact that you're catching it like that and that's the way you're seeing it, you know, you move on to the next thing so fast that all you're looking for is a gag. You're looking for exactly. something that grabs your attention quickly. Exactly. Um, it's a shame. 
it's a shame. I mean, and, and it's got its positives and negatives. I've, I've seen negatives and positives, but I spe- specifically talking about the connectivity, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, we're losing some of that. We're losing a little bit of that connection to understanding the human side of what, what it took to sit down and do that. Now, right. when it comes to music, I think it's kind of the same thing where, you know, you don't, you are, are you're flicking through through uh, whatever it is, SoundCloud or you know Spotify, Spotify. or anything mm-hmm. like that, or YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube, yeah. and you're kind of just like clicking through and just like whatever. Like there's so much music out there. You, right. I don't think people are really thinking about. You don't even know what to hear. No, you don't know what to, to hear. To. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't even know the yeah. angle of it. Uh, with, with so much sampling. Right. You know, you don't even know if like the music's really being made by who, right. and mm-hmm. you know, True. obviously if you look at live performances specifically, and I think that's why we like that on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. You know, we search a lot of live performances. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're looking at that kind of thing, yes, like you obviously know that it's made live, even though some of it might not be. Mm-hmm. But you you have some of that in the visuals and in the in the sound of it. But if you're talking about pop music or electronic music, yeah. which is the popular music, yeah, half of that. I, I would say 80% of that is all artificial. Like, mm-hmm. it's artificially constructed. It's all made in a studio, bit by bit, bar by bar. Yeah. You know, and even the singing, even the the, music, the instruments, it's all either sampled or resampled or, you know, it's fabricated, it's filtered, it's uh, auto-tuned. It's yeah. all, all the stuff that you can imagine, all the uh, the negativity of, like, modern music. Yeah. But. But beca- because of that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have a connection because it's such a manufactured thing that that is not the same as just walking down the street and hearing musicians playing live in the street. Right. You know. When we were talking about this topic um, to discuss now on the on the podcast, I was thinking on um, Keanu and Aiden, and I thought that it's interesting. They don't really ask for like to go to concerts or anything nah. like that. They're nah. more into movies. Yeah. But movies and video games. Yeah, but it's interesting that they don't even have that in mind. Or even like a concept of okay, there's concerts and you can go or something. Um comparing to myself when I was growing up, I used to go to concerts and then when I had the money for, for me to go by myself, I'll go and enjoy music life and that was always a, a great time. And it's interesting. I don't know if if kids nowadays they're really enjoying that type of of venue. Or that um, experience. Yeah, of experience. I mean, I I'll, I gotta admit, I I wasn't really a concert kid growing up, especially mm-hmm. because I grew up. I mean, I, I saw my father playing instruments, and I and I know I knew on the Spanish side what live music was. Right. Yeah. 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 But um, but on my on my English speaking side with the rest of my teenage you know uh friends and and everybody that we were in high school and all that like our music was hip-hop right so for us the closest thing to live music and hip-hop at you know in the teenage years was maybe a dj Mm -hmm. and that's not live i mean the dj was actually spinning records and that felt live but it wasn't live music mm-hmm. it's all recorded music that he was just playing right yeah so we were kind of already being trained like to just accept that there's you know no there's no live music. live music you know music is pre-recorded and and played for you and and you're acknowledging that the sound that you hear isn't really relative to like watching somebody create the sound 
Right. You know, it, it, it's a, it, there's a disconnection between the creation of the music or the creation of the sounds and, you know, the sound that's, that you're actually taking in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, is, is it an, it's kind of like, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about, let's say, where we're at nowadays with music, yeah. but I do think that a disconnection has happened because of, you know, just the way that music is being consumed now and the right. way it's being packaged. Right. You know, that, that it's just not there. I mean, I, we you know, I, I forwarded you that article that I found. There was a Forbes article that was talking about how some, uh, I think Tumblr. Is, Tumblr made a concert, kind of like a, yeah, kind of like, like a, a live, concert, like live, a live event for um, creators that will share their music and their art through Tumblr to have a venue to share it live with people. And the goal, yeah. the goal for that was to bring connectivity back to, mm -hmm. to make people have a, a, a big, a more of an experience than just um, the, the soundtrack you know, the audio track and the album cover. They right. wanted to make the album cover come to life. They wanted to have kind of like an experience kind of thing. They wanted to have like a, an, a live event. Let, let's call it in real life, you know, mm -hmm. IRL, mm -hmm. where you can actually feel like that thing that you've been listening to and seeing the little album cover on your phone, mm -hmm. that thing, now you're walking into that thing when you go to, the, to see them in person. Or if you see it online and you see the video of the people experiencing this live, that you would see, let's say, the, the artwork of the album cover in the environment, in that space, that you would see maybe the, the album cover coming to life. Maybe if the album cover had a, an image of a person and a tree or something, that they would recreate that in a video format with a live performance, maybe a dancer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think they were just trying to kind of like bring uh, artistry, mixing visual arts with music right um but realizing the importance of it because a lot of people aren't really connecting they're not getting that connectivity yeah um i don't know i think for me i think unfortunately like hip-hop you know is what i grew up in and for me unfortunately hip-hop has kind of faded down in in kind of relevance like mm -hmm. i don't really see the the the, the strength in it the yeah. way i used to i just feel like it's it's still in me but i don't see it around me Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't see a lot of other music genres around me as much as I used to. Right. Um, and the stuff that we only, the stuff that we hear in the street and all that, and the stuff that we hear, like if a car is driving by and you hear it, that kind of street sound is kind of dying out. But what you hear is very prefabricated. And what you see on YouTube is, you know, like the new new music and whatever. And you check out the video and you're like, Ugh, it's, it's all... It's very produced and... Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's basically... Uh, fabrication it's, it's like a copy like every single uh, song sounds similar to the to the one that came out like yeah, yeah. two months ago or something like that and then also the fact that now um, people are not selling that much by album but more by singles so they yeah. can have a single running for a full year and you get your fame well and then there you go so that's another good point um, I didn't think of that The, the packaging of the albums used to mean that the album could have a concept. Exactly. But if you do singles, it's very hard to build a concept 
around that. That's so their their concept is yeah. really their their reality show on their Instagram yeah. and on their exactly. their 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 follow me as I go brush my teeth this morning or whatever exactly. it is you know if I or I'm like, you know, follow me while I'm in a club and I'm like exactly you know being like you know infamous or notorious like you know so you can kind of see the the crazy shit I do. That's how Bad Bunny started. He didn't have an album when he got his real fame. He did like, I don't know how many um, remixes and collaborations. And then finally he had his album. But yeah, it happens. It is happening a lot. And not only in the reggaeton aspect, because in reggaeton it's happening a lot. But I think in hip hop as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, it's easier to sell that way. They don't have to spend that much money. You make just one song that is a hit. <laughs> and it runs for full, for years. Well, I think... I think to, to sum this all up, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into all the, my thoughts on this <laughs> in, in this little segment, but just to sum it up, what I really wanted to express to the artists out there is, you know, realize the importance of connectivity, realize the importance that, let's say, if you're a graffiti artist, when you are out there painting live in front of people and people come to see your painting on a wall and all that, it does mean a lot to people mm-hmm. that they're seeing you on Instagram, they're seeing you on YouTube, and all of a sudden now they get to see you in in person and they get to smell the paint. They get yeah. to feel the sun on their back. They get to see you at your own pace creating that thing. It means a lot because it connects to another human being that way more than just the final picture on Instagram and then everybody gives you a bunch of likes. Exactly. You know what I mean? And the same thing with the musicians out there. Realize that as well. You know, it, it's it's the connection with the people that's missing. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the people seeing you developing the work mm-hmm. you performing the work with all its little flaws and it's all its little like limitations you know that it's not just like it is on the record but it's a little bit like a it's a limited version of what you're going to end up obviously producing Produce, the hell out of yeah. um but but it's important to have that connectivity yeah. and and to make you know think about that time when that song that you know just touched you that way and it made you feel a certain way or created a certain mood usually it's attached to a feeling in real life IRL Mm -hmm. you know there's usually something in real life that is connected to that music that makes that thing connect hopefully it's something positive and not something negative but and um, and you as an artist are gonna feel much um, connected to your art and also to the people you're sharing with, because yep. um, if you're doing it just for yourself or just digitally, you don't really see that connection. Or, or, but ju- or likes just and shares. Exactly. You know? <laughs> that's a, I think that's the biggest part right here. Just for the likes. Yeah. We're we're breeding a a, a, a a generation of artists that are more happy with likes yeah. than and little emojis than <laughs> actual connections. True. It's a shame. All right. So get connected. (laughs) Yeah, try to connect with your people, Ben, (laughs) in real life. Culture talk, Carla. I've been waiting for this culture talk. Yes, culture talk. Finally, it's here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what is it? <laughs> so we have been talking about connectivity and art and albums and singles uh-huh, and all this. Uh-huh. So I decided that it will be a good episode to talk about Rosalia. What? La Rosalia? La Rosalia. Niño. 
Rosalía. Mal, I, muy mal, muy mal, muy mal, muy mal. <laughs> I remember when I first saw her on that award show and I didn't know who the hell that was. Mm -hmm. And now I know everything about her and I I'm know. like... And I'm obsessed. And I'm like, wow, I fucking slept on that. And I'm like... Where she came from. Yeah, where the hell How did she, she got here. From? Exactly. <laughs> uh, anybody who doesn't know Rosalia, it just just the way it sounds, Rosa, R-O-S-A, Leah, L-I-A. Uh, she actually pulled out an, an English-speaking song. Yeah, like a, a couple, of days, couple ago. of days ago. Yeah. I'll tell you about it. But, but, uh, but yeah, but she's a Spanish singer and really... A, very a creative powerhouse i would say yeah so um i'm just gonna give you a little overview of her career so far and then we're gonna talk about a little bit about her latest album and why do i want to talk about her because she has been inspiring inspiring a lot of people but me most recently okay we'll continue <laughs> um so rosalia she's only 25 years old That's crazy. First of all, um, she is a Spanish singer. She is from Barcelona. She's from a town in Barcelona. She's a singer, songwriter, um, record, record pro producer, and an actress also. Um, she's known for her modern interpretations of flamenco music, and she has crossed language boundaries after receiving praise from international influencers and after several collaborations with artists such as J Balvin, Pharrell Williams and James Blake. Um, she started actually recently I saw a video of her when she was 15. She went to kind of like a reality show in Spain Um, for artists and uh, you could dance or you can sing and she was singing and it was actually very interesting to see her in that stage because it's like you know that stage when you're just starting in your art and you really want to do it but you don't know how <laughs> so she was trying very never, hard never been there never been there. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying very hard she was playing the guitar um, she was trying to dance and sing and it really wasn't that good But, you know, she went there and she was like, no, I'm just here to listen to the professionals and I just want to learn from them and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and at the end, she lost that competition. But I think that gave her um, the strength to go then and pursue studying music because she went to university um, and she was studying music and flamenco and producing music and everything else so she really has a background and more an uh, educational background All right. with music um, and then you know she did a lot of collaborations since 2013 and in 2017 uh, she came out no 2016 sorry she came out with her first album that is called Los Angeles Um, it was a joint project with the producer and musician Raúl Refre, um, which presents reworks of flamenco classics receiving overall praise. So this first album was all flamenco, and it was basically like covers of all flamenco's classics. And but she was singing it with her own style, which gave it, even though it, it were it were there were remakes, it gave it kind of like a modern view 
to these old flamenco classics that everyone knows. But because of her style, her um, voice and her tone, her color, it gave her a totally different um, like feeling. Right. And then um, in 2018 is when she came out with El Mal Querer. But what is interesting about El Mal Querer that relates to what we were talking about is that Rosalia created a whole concept with them. El Mal Querer is almost like a, it is a novela. Um, El Mal Querer basically goes through chapters where she describes how a relationship happened and different stages of a relationship, like jealousy, like um, when you're trying to seduce um, your partner or when um, you're already, when the relationship is already going bad and maybe the woman is trying to say, hey, no, I'm not your property. I loved you so much, but you think that I'm your property. Or maybe when the woman doesn't know what else to say and she just want to die because she doesn't have her love. Hmm. So things like that happen through El Mal Querer. But she first got praise for that album is because she had three singles before coming out with the album. Um, she had first the single of... One second. I'll tell you right now. A Malamente, that was the first single. What does is, what is el, mal, el mal querer mean? El mal... In English. El mal querer is uh, the bad loving or oh, loving okay. badly. Okay. Something like that. Um, but yeah, that's what it means. Uh, so, Rosalia came out with three singles before releasing her album. Um, her first single was Malamente which with that one she got a lot of praise and she got a lot of attention internationally and obviously in Spain and Latin America. Then she came out with Pienso en tu mirar and then she came out with uh, Dimi Nombre. And then finally, Dimi Nombre was the latest single released in October and then finally in November she came out with the full album. Um, which was very interesting because even before the album coming out, she was already getting awards for these songs and basically for the album because then it was a preview for a concept that it was different, that include um, flamenco, that include, include a little bit of hip hop and urban and um, R&B in a way. So there's a lot yeah, going I think on. I, it was eclectic. It was an eclectic mix and I, I think... I think um, I was. It took a different twist because for me it took a different twist because it was uh, mixing so much of music that I was used to hearing in a in a more acoustic setting, mm -hmm. mixing that up with and separate settings, separate settings, and exactly, and then and then bringing it into electronic music, right? Mm -hmm. But on top of that current electronic trends, which mm -hmm. are the uh, the trap and the freaking reggaeton and that mm -hmm. kind of vibe. It's not exactly trap and reggaeton, no, no, but not. but giving it that little touch, yeah, uh, in a in a tasteful way. Yeah, it was very fashionable. It was very yeah. so. It was very fast. Like it got me quick. I was like, wow! Like it's hitting a lot of really good notes. And her vo her voice is great. No, he's uh, she's I, awesome. I, you know, I I in the beginning I I was wasn't understanding it. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, where's where's she coming from with this? And I was trying to understand where she coming mm -hmm. from. 
But it took me two or three songs. By the third song, I was like, I totally get what she's in, I'm, and I'm hooked. Yeah. You know? Yeah, By the exactly. third song that I heard from her, I was like, yeah, she's she's good. She's really good. Yeah. And she was explaining that definitely to create an album, right, that it's important to have a concept. And, and she's totally right that she was saying that um, in on an interview, she was saying that um, in order to create an album that will really hit home for people, that... It should have um, the stories within the songs should be related to each other, or at least um, the music, or at least an instrument, something, so that the whole album is a creation and and it's just it, it's not just a couple of songs together, but that they're all connected. And she's totally right with that. Um, and then, so when I was listening to El Malquerer the whole album I've been listening to it on Spotify it was in very interesting because it takes you like I said it's, it's like watching a movie and more when you watch the videos because that's another thing um, that she did very smart um, the art for the album and the art on the videos is amazing and then the story behind the videos you can really see that that this novella is happening <laughs> Yeah. And you can really see that the lady or whomever she's trying to portray that, oh my God, yeah, these feelings of, oh my God, he's going to kill me if I go out. Or, oh my God, I just want to be grateful and tasteful for him. And, yeah, you know, I think I think uh, the, the videos are um, art artistic. Yeah. But they're not artistic or they're not abstract in a goofy way. No. They're, they're definitely like set pieces visually memorable imagery um there's choreography in it in some points yeah um, they're, they're well put together yeah they're, they're very she's working with a really good team mm -hmm. of, of content creators mm -hmm. um in a in a you know in this time period that we're at where the youtube videos and all that like that's really where it's at you release your your album and you release it with a package of videos and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna make a big splash And, and if you make something interesting that makes people want to reshare it and all that kind of stuff. And I think her stuff really resonates that way. Yeah. Um, it has that, that perfect timing. Exactly. Um, yeah. That, you know, I, I think it's really good. Yeah. Very and good. then, uh, well, definitely the inspiration that she has brought to a new generation. I think that we were missing someone like her. Yeah. Um, we had so many pop artists and so many reggaeton artists and so many hip-hop artists that don't say anything. Um, when you find someone that finally wants to not only say a story, but also like keep keep the, her roots right. and combine her roots with her music. And then when you see her speaking, it's not like, oh yeah, I'm just doing this because, oh, oh well. Right, right. It's more right. about, yeah, and, and, and she's so humble about it and she really wants to wants you to understand where she's coming from right um it's it's nice it's like seeing a young shakira but with a lot more <laughs> <laughs> um, well i mean don't don't knock shakira no 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 shakira's got a long career this girl's just starting no yeah yeah definitely but you know, we don't know where it's gonna go look at j balvin we don't know where true. this career is gonna it's go true, it's true, it's true. <laughs> this career might fall apart in a couple of years yeah yeah no no but what i'm saying is that Um, what Rosalia has that Shakira didn't had in when she was starting is Rosalia now has the backup of 
social media and internet yeah. that is a bigger reach yeah. and, and a bigger share. And then also that it was so fast, exactly. So so people are getting to know her so fast now that everybody wants to work with her now. She, she um, I got I have to confess, I just heard that new song that she did in English. And if she's not careful, she could end up in a, in a very dull place mm -hmm. if she pursues making English songs the way she did this one. Yeah. She could end up in a very dull place because it's nothing compared to her Spanish stuff. No. And then again, it's going to be the problem where they're going to they're gonna bring her on and try to make her global by speaking English mm -hmm. and making English style music. And it's not, it doesn't resonate as powerfully yeah. as, as when she's singing in Spanish and she has that cultural element to it. Well, I, I saw her on an interview, actually. They asked her, oh, would you do flamencos in English? And she said, well, if I do that, it wouldn't really be flamenco. So, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, she doesn't get in, trapped into that yeah. thing of you have to sing in English and that way you're going to reach more people because I think she can do it with her own voice. And if you want to listen to her, obviously, then you have to translate the lyrics. That's it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, she, she, um, I know she's not like 100% genuine gypsy mm -hmm. flamenco, you know, person i know that i know that she's taking on some of that as a representation of her spanish roots in general the whole country yeah but um but like let's say the gypsy kings for example you know th that group they did english songs and they did spanish songs mm -hmm. their english songs were fine but they're known for their spanish songs right and the gypsy kings are the gypsy kings but they're not really 100 flamenco And they're not 100%, you know, gypsy root. Like, right. their stuff did go really pop, really mainstream. Mm -hmm. And and their sound is, became kind of a cartoon of what gypsy music or flamenco music should, should sound like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think for her, the way I see it from my perspective, she has a long road ahead of her. Yeah, definitely. She can do a lot. She might switch from the flamenco thing to something else yeah i could totally see her growing and saying well now i want to get into a little more of a latin pop or latin rock or latin this or a different thing or she might get into in english uh you know might get into trap or something like that. i don't know lana rap or something no, uh, lana del Rey. Lana Del Rey because yeah. this barefoot in the park sounded so much like lana del Rey when she was singing the 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 chorus part yeah But, but, but when you when you hear her singing you don't have you don't have, her her voice as an instrument doesn't have that that uh virtuosity right it's just kind of like a regular singer it's not like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like really like whoa like a lot of variety of notes and that and i think that's what happens her range yeah 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 her range so, is pretty yeah so i think that's where i'm just nervous when i heard that i was like nah, i yeah. hope she doesn't go down this route too far because it's not it's gonna lead her into like some weird electronic pop girl yeah true and it might But just get boring we'll see but she just came out recently also with that song and then also um uh, with a song with jay balvin it's called con altura yeah that one's um good. that one is pretty good and the video is awesome as well yeah that they're dancing inside of an airplane And it's a stage, going, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's an they're airplane. going up and blah blah. Yeah. But, but then, that one, that one has that one is more a reggaeton thing. But it's a flamenco thing. 
but it's it's uh, if you I I heard it again today. If you listen to the lyrics yeah, and everything, it's all like it's that reggaeton. It's speaking to the the yeah. language of the people. She was saying that when she was growing up, she she used to hear a lot of reggaeton as well. So she was like, well, it was like I was going to do this. It's just that I didn't know how to approach it. Right. And and I was finding the right way to do it, and this was the right way. Yeah. And on the song, she actually gives some shout outs to Hector Lavo. Mm-hmm. Um, she and to Camarón. Yeah. Uh, she said something. Llevo uh, a Camarón en la cartera or something like that. Um, y de Héctor, um, something la sabrosura de Héctor. Mm, okay. So she's giving like some shout outs to different artists that inspired her um, and That's singers. Cool. So that was cool in that she's, song. Yeah. She's very smart. She's doing the right thing. Um, Rosalía. Yeah. So what what was the first song you heard from her? Um, I'm not sure now, but I think it was Pienso en tu mira. Pienso en tu mira, yeah. Or Malamente, because I know th- I I know that when when we discovered her, I think it was first, but because of that video that was analyzing her music. Right. That YouTube video, there was a guy on YouTube, he's uh, from Spain too, and he went like point by point analyzing Rosalia's album. And I remember I've heard, I think one song before that, and I was like, oh wow, yeah, that album is really interesting. Yeah. Then he was going point by point. That video was pretty good because he he really dissected the the structure of, of something that is so simple yeah but he was pinpointing like well you know these chords are specifically of that genre of music and her singing style is not typical but she's playing with that chord range because that's the where the melody falls mm-hmm. and it's that it, it plays off of that you know so that it's a nice fusion and of the, the trap and the and the uh flamenco and, and the tempo and yeah. the drums yeah he really got into it, which is interesting yeah. i was like wow like, and then she responded on instagram she did yeah and she was like going by like point by point how he did like trying to explain if that was true or not <laughs> and she was like yeah yeah but almost everything he said he was correct on um and she actually has that story on on instagram if you guys want to what what's check her it instagram out. Um, it's Rosalia point Rosalia dot BT I think let's look it up Rosalia Rosalia dot BT okay that's her Instagram um, but yeah now she's on tour uh, North America also Latin America she already went to Argentina and that looked like a um, electronic music festival because I think it, that's what it was. It was kind of like a festival outdoors, music festival. Right. Um, and when she was singing one of her singles, it was like, wow, people were uh, jumping and <laughs> like screaming, and it looked yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think um, she, you know, she's she has a lot of things going for her in the sense that everything we said earlier, everything we previously just said, you know. All these things, but also she's an attractive, she's an attractive yeah. girl. You know, she's an attractive young lady. She, she plays into the sexuality, but not in a vulgar way. No, which is another really big positive thing because you don't have that either. Yeah, nowadays so much. Like she's sexy, but she's not trying to be like in your face. Like she's sexy because, but and she's she is, se- but and not. She's. Uh, 
I don't know if I want to say like sexy. Say I would just want to say she's like attractive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to say because she doesn't pull off that like let me be sexual, like over sexual. And even in the videos where she tries to be sexual, I just think I don't take it that way. It's something about it. I don't. It, I don't receive it like like it's being uh, pervertedly sexy. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no. like trying to like sell sex. Mm-hmm. But we're in an age where. You know, yeah, people take advantage of that and they try to make it over-sexualized or almost to the point of, like, bragging of themselves being, like, you know, promiscuous and all that. And I don't think she she's done that. I'm I'm not sure if she's done it in her lyrics either. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I think that's a big plus for her, that, it, that she's also an attractive person with a lot of talent. Yeah. You know, and the future is hers. I mean, she's she's doing it. it. Yeah. Okay, hablando español. Antes de nada, I just want to clarify. When I said the comment about Shakira, I wasn't toning down Shakira. Like, I love Shakira. She's one of my favorite Spanish singers. I'm always singing uh, whatever, for whatever. Shakira. If you guys have listened to this podcast, you know that the first 50 episodes is nothing but Shakira back to back on this podcast so, from Carla. And now it's going to be Rosalia back to back. Nah. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, okay? Yeah, whatever. I'm just saying, like, uh-huh. okay, but definitely Shakira is still what? an idol, and Ever. <laughs> she and she has Shakira's old news. She's got, she's a mom. <laughs> she ain't making music no more. She's making Zootopias. Exactly. She ain't got <laughs> no, time no, no. for you. But definitely, just wanted to clarify. Okay. okay. All right. It's okay. Hablando español. Yeah, hablando español. What are we speaking? Okay, so let's see if you know how to say this word. Maybe yes. you know. Well, let's see if I know how to say it first. <laughs> um, instantaneous. How you say in Spanish? Instantaneous? Instantaneous is... Well, no, it would be... Inst- inst- instantemente? What? In- in- immediatamente. No. Immediately, immediatamente. Immediately is immediatamente. So instantaneous? Al instant... Al Instan- instantáneo. Instantáneo. Como café instantáneo. Oh, shit. That's right. Instantáneo, like instant. Yeah, instant. It's not the same instant. as immediate. Instantáneo. Okay, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good one to know. Instantáneo. La gente quiere las cosas... Instanta- exacto, sí. Instantáneamente. Instantáneamente. Wow. Instantáneamente. <laughs> Instantáneamente. Exactly. How do you say yes. then? Yes. Um, album cover. I think we did this one before. And it we came up with two. We were trying to say... I know the right way is carátula. Mm-hmm. Is album true, cover. True. But then... El, I wanted to say el forro, el forro. And I say portada. Portada is the right way also. Mm-hmm. Portada, la portada, portada del álbum. Portada del álbum. Portada del álbum, portada. All right. All right. How do you say yes. in real life? In real life. En la vida real. Yeah. Or en vida real. En vida real. Got it. Yep. All right. Um, how do you say yes? Connectivity. Connectividad. Yeah. Connectividad. Yeah, you're right. I got it. 
Um, how do you say? Yes. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, we were talking about gadgets. Gadgets. How do you say gadgets? Ga well, how, first of all, how do you say gadgets, Carla? <laughs> how do you say gadgets? In uh, ga gadgets. You mean gadgets, Carla? Gadgets. 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 How do you say gadgets, Carla? In, Sp in Spanish, I have no idea. In Spanish, you don't know? No. <laughs> I don't think you know how to say gadgets either. And I think gadgets are a made-up word. Well, actually, there's words for gadgets. What are the words but for gadgets? But that's why I, I wanted to say it, because I don't know it. All right. Um, the first word that comes up, this is very weird. It's called artilugio. Artilugio, but... Artilugio. I have never, I've never in my life heard, heard that, that word. word. No, but the other word is coming up is el aparato. El aparato, that makes sense. El aparato. dispositivo. Apparatus. Yeah. El qué? Dispositivo. Dispositivo. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard that one. I've heard dispositivo, but for another um, aspect of technology, like... Um, Dispositivo. Oh my god, like like the SIM cards, like the, the SD, SIM cards. SD cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but gadget aparato, definitely. Aparato. Like I would I would call this gadget the drum machine and the, and the synthesizer, I would call them aparatos. And and my mother would probably say, El aparato de la música. El aparato de la música. El aparato del sonido. That's true, that's true. Um, so those yes. are the words I have. Do you have any words? Yes. How do you say in English? I'll tell you in Spanish. How do you say in English? Altura. Ah. 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 Altura. Um, it's the beauty of this podcast. We go high, from Spanish to English and from English highness? to Spanish. What? Altura. Highness? No, 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 no. Uh, altura is the level tall, high. La altura, la altura de... No, ah, uh, oh, ah, oh, uh, sea level. Um. <laughs> it's actually very easy. Altura. altura is just height. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> altura is just height, babe. You know why? Because I think of height as, like, the measurement. Right. And that's what it is. I but mean, altura I could be alti altitude. Altitude. Right? Yeah. Altura. I think literally gente. altura would be altitude though. Altura. In Spanish is it altitude? ¿Existe? Altura, altura. Altura o altitude? Yo creo que existe también altitude. La mm. altitude cuando estás en un avión. Right. Pero la altura... La altura es como la medida. La so medida. I think it's height. So it's height, yeah. But the way that they're using it in the song is like la altitude. Right. Con altura. Right, 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 right. Or like it's a car. It's it's almost like a, like a, your character, like you. Be con altura. All right, I got another one. How do you say in Spanish? How do you say performance? Ah, uh, presentación. Presentación, which is presentation, is performance. Yeah, I'm sure there has to be another word, but yeah, yeah. I think there should be another word. Um. So there'd be like performance and there'd be like to perform. Sería to presentarse. Se presentar. Actuación. Actuación. That makes more sense than a presentación. Yeah. Porque la actuación, your performance can also mean like an athlete. 
performing mm-hmm. or an actor. Yeah. All right, Kala, thank you. All right. All right, wrapping up another show. All right. Hopefully, we'll get another one happening sooner than later, <laughs> or sooner than before. Yeah. Um, now that we've kind of gotten through a few of the things that we had to get done. Uh, we can get back on this podcast grind. Yeah, try. Yeah. I have a couple of other topics I want to discuss, and also I want to get back to some drawing. I was doing, uh, I was doing some of the cartoon stuff previously, mm-hmm. a couple episodes back. I want to get back on that. There's a couple of drawing things I want to discuss. That sounds um, good. Especially since I was working on these stickers, there were some things that popped into my head as I was working on them that I kind of just want to throw out there and brainstorm okay so we'll talk about that and maybe we talk about our my singing uh, journey <laughs> oh yes we do have to talk about that yeah so we'll, we'll kind of incorporate that into the next couple episodes carla's singing journey <laughs> later wiki 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 di mi nombre Cuando no haya nadie cerca cuando no haya nadie cerca cuando no haya nadie cerca Que las cosas Que las cosas que me dices, que las cosas que hoy me dices no salgan por esa puerta. Y hasta me con tu cabello en la esquina de tu cama, que aunque el cabello se rompa, haré ver que estoy hasta. Y aunque el cabello se rompa, haré ver que estoy hasta. Contra el mío Y a que lo malo sea bueno Impuro Lo bendecido Ya me reza Sobre tu cuerpo Y en la esquina de tu cama Y en el último Momento Dime mi nombre a la cara Y en el último Momento Dime mi nombre a la cara Wiki 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 w